0: My name is Marina Carr and I wrote Hecuba. My name is Tara Crotty and I'm playing Hecuba.
1: My name is Declan Conlon and I'm playing Agamemnon in Marina Carr's Hecuba.
0: I'm
2: from County Offaly and I went to school in the Sacred Heart School in Tullamore, And I also went to the presentation Nuns in Mount Malik and then I went back to the Sacred Heart School in Tullamore. They
0: couldn't get enough of me. I am from Cavan, the town of Cavan. Grew up about a mile outside with fields, certainly up the back, which miraculously are still there.
1: I'm from Loughrea in County Galway. I was in boarding school in St. Charlotte's in Chum for six years, a hellhole, sort of Dickensian boarding school.
0: I went to school at Loretto College, Calvin.
2: Yeah. Hecuba is about uh, the Queen of Troy in the aftermath of the Trojan War. Euripides very famously wrote a play called Hecuba, a play I admire but disagree with certain aspects of particularly the way he has portrayed Hecuba was what you have to remember is when the Greeks were writing these plays they were trying to start the polis they're trying to start a country effectively they're bringing all the warring bands together and they're trying to establish law and you know all the, all the all these wonderful things that we have inherited from the idea that was the Greek state and Nietzsche talks about this and he talks about the Greeks having to invent all this stuff that it wasn't some decoration whatever it was necessity because they were absolute savages so things like truth and Beauty and the uh, birth of law, which you have in the Oristia you know, the first law court. They were concerned with all these things, so they're also concerned with portraying, I think, how the model citizen behaves. So these these plays would be kind of salutary; there would be lessons in in living, as well as everything else, as well as being great tragedies and satire plays or whatever.
0: I have played Hecuba on on the stage in the Swan in the RSC at Stratford, so. This is a very happy revisiting of that intense and special time and wonderful to play with new players and and hear the other contributions in a completely different way and and hope that my contribution is completely influenced by that too because it's three years since I've done it so there must be some internal reworkings.
1: Agamemnon is the head of the Greek army, the conquering hero and in the play is confronted with the now-deposed queen, Hecuba. And he's a nervous man, I think. He's not popular. He's aware that he's not popular. He's conscious that his men, or at least he thinks that his men don't like him. I don't know whether they rate him or not, but they don't like him. And he's been away from home for a very long time.
0: What is it like to play Hecuba, a woman who's stripped of the few things that she has as the play progresses? It sort of maybe is a little bit like Marina mentioned, a journey into nothingness, a a journey into completely being unburdened and unhooked from the world to the point that she cannot continue anymore. And I think she just lies down in front of the pyre on which her last child is burning and dies, expires. So it's an enormous pleasure to um, revisit and and to speak it and to embody this woman.
1: He's confronted by... A queen in whom he recognizes, I think, all the things that he feels he doesn't possess grace and breeding and thousands of years of legitimacy. And I think in the course of this play, he's. Well, the play is basically their meeting.
2: You know what's really interesting is. People talk about me and the Greeks all the time. I've written more plays that have nothing to do with the Greeks than I have that have to do with the Greeks. And I'll tell you why it is. Do you really want to know why it is? Because when I wrote By the Bog of Cats and it was reviewed hither and yon and nobody picked up that it was based on Medea. And ever since then, everything I write is based on the Greeks because they will not be caught out again. So I've been told every play I write is based on the Greeks (laughs) and it's ridiculous. So that's where that is. That said, uh, I am fascinated by uh, mythology and Greek mythology in particular. And several of the plays, yes, are like Bog of Cats is based on Medea. Hecuba is based on Euripides' Hecuba. Um, I did a play called Ariel, which is loosely based on the Aristia. I'm currently working on a riff on the three Theban plays. I've written a, a kind of, I suppose, a riff on Agamemnon for the Killin Theatre in London. So, yeah, there is the, certainly, I certainly do have a fascination. But, I mean, I've written over 20 plays at this stage and I think I've named about six or seven that are based on Greeks and there are others that are
1: not. It's the writing, isn't it? That's the first thing that always appeals. I mean, apart from not, not even so much the story, although the story of these Greek plays is always wonderfully complex and contradictory and animalistic. And But it's the writing. And Marina's writing is amazing. So it's great to get to work on something like that. It doesn't happen every day of the week.
0: Performing this for radio, yes, it's, it's necessarily very different from, from performing it on stage. I mean, on stage... We also performed a full version of the sacrifice in which, I mean, quite... She wasn't literally murdered in front of my eyes, my daughter. But you you had to get into a a space where you could imagine that and where your heart was racing insanely and where there wasn't a night that I wasn't in a terrible place, you know, in in, um, barely able to speak through tears, (laughs) you know... So, when you're on stage, those things are happening to you in a very real way. And there's this marvellous tightrope between real feeling and then the technical necessity to to speak or to move or to do any of the the many things to, to keep the action going. So, here we don't have, I don't have, and you don't have an accumulation of events. So, maybe it's a bigger imaginative leap. Or maybe the writing comes more into its own. Actually, trying to anticipate this, trying to hear how this translates to somebody sitting down with a cup of tea in their own kitchen. And I think I'm learning now, uh, quite late on, that the thing is to strip it back and leave it as unencumbered as possible. But but to be completely at the centre of it yourself. But it's amazing where plays do
2: come from, you know, the little snippets or the detail that can ignite if you're in the mood. The idea for Marble came from um, a fabulous story that uh, Fiona Shaw told me one night in London. And it was a story that Ted Hughes had told her. I just love the etymology, shall we say, or the genealogy of this story and how I came to write it. And the story was this. uh, Ted Hughes was uh, at a poetry reading with an Icelandic poet. And uh, Fiona Shaw was there as well. And after they were sitting around chatting. And the Icelandic poet told Ted Hughes and Fiona Shaw this story. And the story is basically this. There was an Icelandic fisherman, an Icelandic farmer, and they were great friends. And the Icelandic farmer turned around to the Icelandic fisherman and said, um, last night my uh, I dreamt I was making love to your wife. And the Icelandic fisherman turns around to the Icelandic farmer and says, well, that's really interesting because last night my wife dreamt that she was making love to you. So that was the beginning, I thought that would be a fantastic way to start a play. So that was the start of that. So I have uh, Fiona Shaw via Ted Hughes, via the Icelandic poet, to thank for that.
1: When I get a script, the first thing I do is stand on it (laughs) and try to let it feel, I feel it through osmosis through the soles of my feet and eventually it reaches my brain and then I understand it completely. And then I read it. Somebody actually said that to me when we were doing it years ago and I was doing some touring theatres He actually said we, were in the, we had the scripts for the first time and he said we were about to open we said no no put them on the ground and then we still the, he did this thing of standing on it feel it feel the script
0: I could have been a high court judge by now if I had applied myself at all <laughs> uh, when I was in UCD studying law but I didn't and um, I didn't <clears throat> appear at many of my classes, which I, I'm, I really amn't proud about, because of course the taxpayer put me through that expensive education, but I had to put myself through my subsequent two years in Trinity. So, you know, I made it up, and of course I've made it up um, in giving some little service to the nation ever since. Exactly
1: for very <laughs> in, little uh, award. In Shakespeare <laughs> and
0: Charles Hawley's words. <laughs>
2: You know, i am always been asked to write film and uh, I always say yes. And then they say, well, then will you write us a treatment? It's only about 90 pages so we can apply for funding. So at that point, I say, look, will you just get lost? And if you want me to write a film for you, I'll write you a film. But don't ask me to write a treatment. And every time it comes back and I say to my agent, yes, I'll write a film. And I meet them. And it always comes down to, you know, they want the imprimatur. They want you to do all the work for nothing. And then, you know, they want you to write 90 pages of a treatment uh, so they can go off and do whatever they do with treatments, which are just nonsense, if you ask me. You have the thing written. So I've never actually written a film. But I think unless you're, you're going to be an auteur, there's no point uh, unless you have the control, mm. you know, unless you make it yourself. And I don't want to enough make it myself. So I think that kind of, you know, the short answer is no, I don't really want to write a film, I suppose, <laughs> that much.
0: When I came out of Trinity, I did get a job straight away in Druid in Gaslight, as poor woman been driven insane by her husband. And then there was a four-month hiatus where I moved back home to Cavan and oh, started floating away, I think. I thought, well, that's that then. <laughs> and then a spate of work, starting with Katie Roach. At the Peacock. And shortly after that, The Well of the Saints. So that was Teresa Deevy and then Sing. And then shortly after that again, The May, written by Marina. So happily all those things came along and started to establish me. Although really, you know, you could have done 12 plays in a row and suddenly you'd find yourself never working again. So I don't think we ever get to the point where we feel that our that anything is guaranteed, apart from possibly at this stage uh, an obituary <laughs> in the Irish Times. <laughs> I wouldn't even that. Maybe. No. Just putting it out there. <laughs> well,
2: writers adore actors and actors adore writers. I think from this conversation you get that, you know. There's such a bond. I think we learn hugely from each other. I've always learned from actors. I've always come out of a room learning something. Or just feeling better or just being around them there's something and it is it's that creative thing i think that creative bone or whatever it is it's it's from the same place i think that all creation comes from you know creating a performance
1: there's also an argument i think for actors being included in aistana which has never been considered and i don't understand why that is the case
2: great actors should be members of Ace and, you know, actors who have changed the life of the country, actors who have created these astonishing roles. Um, Of course they should be. I don't see how those distinctions can be made. Um, it, It doesn't make sense. Art is art. An artist is an artist, regardless of the medium.
0: The three of us are from the country, I'm noticing now. Yeah. Mockers. (laughs) Mockers, <laughs> three mockers do the Greeks. That should be the title. the
1: mockers do the Greeks.
2: And in that edition of In the Wings, you heard playwright Marina Carr with actors Declan Conlon and Dervla Crotty. They were discussing Marina's version of Euripides' Hecuba, next week's Drama on One. Sound supervision was by Gar Duffy. The programme was produced by Kevin Reynolds. And to listen back to this and over a 100 plays in the RTE archive, take a listen to rte.ie slash drama on one. rte.ie forward drama on one.